with the first pick. And welcome back to another edition of the Daft on Draft podcast. I am your co-host, Devin Jackson, joined by my other co-host, Corey Kennan. And we're back for another top five positional breakdown. This is the second to last position group um, and, and probably uh, the one that, that breezes by a little bit when you're when you're watching them a little bit on film uh, running backs. But before we get into all that, Corey, how you doing today, man? And, and uh, how's everything been going with you? Yeah, you know, it's starting to get a little warmer out. It makes me feel a little bit better, but it's the, it's the grind season where I don't feel like I get a, a good enough sleep, <laughs> good enough sleep in here for uh, up until the end of April here. So um, in the early May. So it's definitely the busy season, trying to knock out as many prospects as I can to get up and ready to go. But I'm up to 118. We'll see how, how many we can hit. But uh, yeah, man, we're we're in the long haul. Free agencies hit. So that's that's been a busy week as well covering all that free agency news. So some, some decent players on the move. So, uh, but other than that, man, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm tired, but I'm here ready to go, ready to talk some running backs. So, yeah. Yeah. You talk about free agency. Um, and, and honestly there, I don't think there were a ton of moves that, um, you know, really change anyone's outlook, you know, in regards to, you know, like the, the top 10 or top 15 picks. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that down the line, but, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get right into a running back position. Uh, obviously, a uh, bit of a devalue position in, in drafts in recent years. Don't really see many first round running backs anymore. Uh, although we probably have two guys, uh, in this particular class that, that could be worthy of that. Um, and, and things a little interesting when you're listening to this. This will be, uh, day old news, but Bijan Robinson meeting with the Eagles. Uh, obviously they pick at 10 and, and that's certainly, the spot people have, have uh, married uh, Bijan Robinson too, uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that unfolds. If that, if anything comes of that, uh, in general. But uh, we'll go ahead and get get into the, our top five rankings. I think we both know who uh, kind of the the top two are in in this class. But but why don't we go ahead and start with your number five, Corey? Yeah. So for me, my number five is going to be Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Um, I think Tajay is a pretty creative runner. Uh, I think his vision has some room for improvement. Um, you know, I, I think there's times he can get through that that first level, and then he he kind of just tries to kick it into the gear instead of being patient and, and maybe letting a climber get get lashed at the second level to cut off them as well. Um, but I think he's he's extremely elusive. I think he's really a, a really fluid athlete, a good receiver out of the backfield. Not much of a pass, not much of a contributor in pass pro. I didn't think, but. Uh, but I, I thought he was, he's decent. He's, he's, he's willing to get in the way. He's willing to do the work. Um, but again, good receiver, really fluid, really explosive, uh, decent long speed. Again, I, I felt like outside of, uh, you know, the, the big names, long speed wasn't, uh, was hard to find in this class. So I, I thought Spears had some decent long speed to, to break some angles and then pick up some breakaway yards. Um, and he's got pretty decent contact balance as well, man. Like, the amount of missed tackles force that he that he had this season is 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 pretty nice for a guy his size. So uh, I thought all around Spears is just a solid solid guy. Uh, again, I think this is a class where teams are going to find solid running backs in in you know late day two, early day three because uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty nice class for running backs. Um, again, thought his eyes could be better, but overall a slippery athlete. Um, 
And again, I think he plays with, with good contact balance. I think he's he's not afraid to initiate contact. So for me, he's going to sit at a number five. Yeah, for, for me, Spears just missed out on the top five. He's actually my number six running back right now. Um, and, and a lot of what you said, I echo kind of the same things. Uh, I thought the vision certainly could have been better, but just how fluid of an athlete is, how slippery he is between the tackles that allowed him to uh, be be creative in small spaces and still make up for uh, some of the lack of vision that he showed uh, at the second and third level. So Spears for me was was, uh, was a fun watch. Um, and we, we actually talked about him last week when we were talking uh, linebackers when, when Ivan Pace and, and him went one-on-one. <laughs> so uh, a good little introduction to him there. For me, number five is Zach Charbonnet running back from UCLA. And um, he was a player to me that I was like, you know, okay, like, you know, he had kind of, you know, he was like more of a, I won't say a rotational guy, but they rotate him a ton uh, in 2021. Um, and, and obviously he broke out on the scene. People thought he might come out last year, um, you know, has has the power, doesn't have exactly the best long speed, but but can accelerate and, and get through holes. And in 2022, I thought he did uh, a, a better job of, of locating holes and, and showing a little bit more patience as a runner and allowing things to kind of develop. Um, don't think he's overly creative at, at the second and third levels, but I think uh, he plays, uh, you know, with so much power. And, and I love the way he finishes runs. Uh, every time you see him uh, at the end of runs, he's always trying to run through two, three dudes. Uh, he's rarely taken down in space one on one. Does a really nice job um, of, you know, when he sees it, he hits it and, and gets what he can and, and you know, takes defenders with him. Uh, so I really liked uh, the the game, especially uh, like what he did against Washington was was a game that really stood out to me, um, you know, showcasing that vision and ability to get to the second and third levels. They run a lot of pin and pull action too. Uh love the way he was able to get downhill and, and um, you know, get vertical and, and, and create yards. And it was impressive. I, I'm not too much of a, a stat guy, but to me, like averaging eight yards a carry uh, over the last two years, um, it's pretty impressive uh, for, for the workload he had this year too. Um, and surprisingly, he was, he was pretty productive uh, out of the backfield, had 40, uh, I think 37 receptions this year. Uh, out of the backfield too, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit better than than I would have expected him. Uh, although they don't use him a ton uh, in downfield, uh, you know, obviously more of a outlet. I uh, thought the pass protection could have been been a little bit cleaner, a um, little bit more style in there. Um, and and I just think sometimes um, he, he 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 likes to bounce runs a little bit too much. Uh, for my like, I think sometimes he can can just take what he can get and and get north and south a little bit quicker, but. But overall, I really liked his game, like what he brought to the table. I think the trail on his tires worries me a little bit, just with how many touches and carries he's taken over the last couple of years, and even dating back to his days at Michigan. So, um, you know, you really no injury injury concerns per se, but but obviously something to monitor moving forward. But I really like Charbonnet, man. Yeah, I'm a little bit lower on him. Uh, I just felt like when I was watching him, like, I don't know if he has a trait that's not ordinary, you know, like, again, I think he has good burst, but like, there's no long speed. He's not getting to the boundary. He's a true between the tackles guy, true one cut guy. He's not slippery in the open field. I think his contact balance is pretty good, but I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's breaking tackles at will. So like, and again, his eyes, I think he's sturdy. I think he's a really sturdy back, but I just, I feel like every single trait he has is just ordinary. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but again, a well-rounded back, um, 
and I, I don't I don't blame you for having him in your top five. Um, moving on to four for me, I like Roshan Johnson, man. Like he's one of my favorite players in this class. I love Roshan Johnson. Um, just his story, getting to where he is now, getting recruited as a quarterback, realized I'm not getting on the field as a quarterback. Talked to him at the combine. He said, yeah, you know, we had a running back transfer out and another one got hurt and the coaches were like, Hey, we need you. And he's like, okay. And he did it. <laughs> so he switched to running back. Um, man, he's a thick dude too. And his contact balance is absurd. Like he has absurd contact balance. Uh, I, I looked up a stat. Uh, via PFF again. So, uh, Bijan Robinson led the nation. Again, we're, we'll talk a lot about Bijan Robinson on this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, Bijan Robinson led the nation with 104 missed, forced missed tackles in 2022, uh, on 258 carries. Um, Roshan Johnson had 46 on 93 carries. So you give Roshan Johnson BJ or Bijan Robinson's workload and he's got 127 forced missed tackles like this dude bounces off arm tackles uh he, he i think he runs with a pretty low pad level uh he knows when to when to uh call it quits in, in terms of his eyes and vision and say okay it's just time to put my head down again get a yard or two uh, i don't think he's i don't think he's explosive overly explosive like he's not going to beat guys at the boundary he's not going to win with long speed down the field he's not going to break away um uh, but i think he's a good receiver i think he's willing to do the work in pass pro uh one of the better pass pro guys like Texas threw him on the field on third downs often because they trusted him uh, in, in pass pro. So um, he just seems like a coach's dream as well. Like he will do what he's asked to do. Uh, he'll put his head down. He'll grind. He'll work. Uh, I'm excited to see this guy with with a full uh, full workload. If he gets a a chance to to have a bit of a workload, um, because I think his game's really good, man. I think his game's really good. Good eyes. Uh, I think he's got really slippery feet. Again, he's not overly elusive, but like. He can stop start pretty effectively. He can put his foot in the ground and get upfield. Uh, he's got a nice little jump cut to his game. So uh, he reminds me a lot. I saw a, a Chris Carson comp yesterday, and I can't get that out of my head. Um, I think Fred Jackson is another guy from the Bills back in the day who he was just a guy who would come in, change a pace. And if, you know, uh, it was it was Jackson and C.J. Spiller back in the day. If Spiller was how Jackson would start, and he'd get 100 yards rushing. So, like, uh, that's that's the kind of career arc I see for for a guy like Roshan Johnson. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Roshan too. He's actually a little bit higher on my list, but but yeah, I, I love his game, man. Um, his story, getting to talk to him at the combine too, um, and even Bijan, you know, saying that he was the best teammate he's ever had. So I think that kind of speaks volumes of, uh, you know how how high his character is, how how much they uh you know appreciate him. And then he was, you know, he had that that broken what was a broken finger or broken mm-hmm. thumb. Um, yeah, he hurt his hand. Yeah, the senior bowl. Yeah, and and he was still yeah. going through drills at the combine. You know, like uh, less than a month removed from that. So, um, really can't question his toughness. Just the the mental uh, fortitude he has. Uh, really, really good player. For me, uh, num- at number four is uh, Devin A. Chain, uh, Texas A and M running back. Um, and for me, man, it it was a. I will say, I won't say it's a surprising watch, but. I think the mantra around him that he's just like this track, former track guy that is just all speed. Um, you turn on his film and it's, it's a completely different, um, player than, than people make him out to be. Um, he's really a really creative runner. Uh, he's consistently setting up his, his blocks at the second and third level. Um, you talked about getting to the boundary. He gets to the boundary with ease, obviously with his, his speed, um, uh, track level speed. Um, and, and what I was most surprised about is, is, uh, the sturdiness of his lower body. Uh, he was, he was breaking a lot of arm tackles. 
uh, getting through, um, you know, a lot of situations like that. And then in pass pro, he was, he was pretty solid. Um, I thought obviously the technique could, could certainly improve. The hands could get inside, but the willingness was there. Um, his ability to step up. Uh, there was a game, a play against the LSU where BJ Ojolari came free and, uh, you know, it wasn't a perfect cleanness block, but, but he, uh, took him head on and, uh, you know, kept them uh, out of the way of his quarterback. So, uh, you, you, you have a willing, uh, willing, uh, pa- pass protection participant. Um, and, and then he, his speed is, is, is unquestioned, but, but I think his vision was really nice too. He had a natural feel for cutback lanes. Um, he, he did a really nice job, like on some of those stretch plays, like, you know, even in between the tackles, like, you know, get, picking up those extra three, four yards, uh, just showing that patience and, and burst and acceleration. So, uh, a chain to me, man, was, was probably one of the more surprising running backs, wa- running back watches I've had considering what everyone kind of makes him out to be, what everyone assumes that he, he's just in once, you know, one cut speed guy, but, uh, he has a lot more nuance to his game. And then obviously as a receiver, um, really natural hands, um, explosive ability. They, they motion him out, uh, to be a slot receiver. Um, so there's some route running ability. So I really liked his game and, um, really coming around to him on, on this game. He ended up at number four for me, but, um, I think he, he certainly, uh, you know, if I didn't love Roshan as much as I did, he certainly would have been in the top three for me. Yeah, go ahead and talk about Roshan since he's obviously he's yeah. obviously your number three, and I just talked about him a little bit as well. Yeah, Roshan is 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 so good, man. Um, I remember I was watching during the season the Oklahoma game and the usage that they they rolled him out with. Like they they put him, you know, in pass protection on third downs. They throw screens to him, allow him uh, to work in the open field. Um, and and really, you know, it was like playing against two starting running backs when you play Texas, cause like you take out Bijan, usually you get a guy that's a little bit of lower, um, you know, skill set, or, or they're just complete one, um, you know, kind of one trait guy. But, but I mean, he, he really does it all. Uh, and to me, I, what I like most about his game is just the, the versatility aspect. Like you, you can ask him to, to stay in on third downs. You can ask him to run a choice route. Uh, on third downs, um, you know, you can give him the ball on third and four and he'll go pick up the, the yards he needs. It, everything about him, um, I, I just really enjoy his game and, and I just think it's going to translate to the next level. And uh, the team might have a star in their hands. You know, he's a he's a guy that once you get him a full workload and, um, you know, let him be a, a three down back, I think he's really going to shine at the NFL level. And people are going to wondering, and, and to me, I think he, might go later on day two and i think teams are going to wonder after the draft why did he last so long because he he just really fits every box uh for the modern nfl running back yeah it's it's hard not to compare him to damian pierce a little bit who was kind of in the same mold where like florida just didn't give him carries like just, they just didn't do it he was their starting running back but they just like they didn't run the football <laughs> and so and then he came in the nfl and he was real good for the texans year one kind of similar to, to josh I mean, josh jacobs went first round but like he was buried at Alabama and he was a change of pace guy that the year he came out as well. So like, it's just, it's kind of wild how some of these guys just get buried on really good teams behind really good running backs. And, uh, and then you turn the tape on it. Like, yeah, this guy's good. This guy can play. Um, again, we had Johnson and a chain flip-flop. So a chain was three for me, man. And you hit on a little bit, but uh, a, a part that I really want to echo is like the amount of power that guy has in his lower half for how tiny he is. Like he's only 5'8", 188. Like he's not a big dude, 
but he's a hard man to get to the ground. He will keep his legs turning and he will do his best to fall forward. Um, I don't think he's going to break a lot of tackles at the NFL level the way he, I, I think, especially the LSU game, there's a lot of really poor tackling attempts that he was able to bounce off of. But but again, I, I, he had like 53 force missed tackles in, in, in 2022. And, and for a guy his size, that's, that's really nice. So I think uh, I was surprised at the power profile that he had to his game a little bit. Um, and then there's all the other stuff that we can talk about with, with, with Devin A. Chain. Like, he's a track star, you know? Like, he's going to beat anybody at the boundary. He's going to beat anybody. If he sees green grass, good luck. Like, if he sees green grass, it's over. See in the end zone. Like, uh, true 4-3 speed. Um, and I thought his stop start was really good on top of that. Like, he is really agile. Really smooth in, in the space as well to, to make defenders miss in space and in, in the open field. So, and you mentioned his eyes, man. And, and if some team drafts this guy for an inside, inside zone, wide zone scheme, like, he's going to eat. He's going to absolutely like there, there's some wide zone reps where he push, push, push wide, wide, wide. And then he'll put his foot in the ground and cut back up backside and, and gash you. Like he's really smart, really, we said creative. I think that's a great word for, for how he runs the football because sometimes he'll hit a hole and then there's a second level defender waiting on him. And he's not afraid to kind of duck back behind his blocker and pop out in a different hole. Like he's, he's a very creative runner. Um, I'm a big fan of, 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 of Devin A chain. And, and so he's going to land at three for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, really phenomenal talent, man. Um, I really enjoyed this tape, and and like I said, that that mantra that he's just a a, a track speed type player um, was was certainly misguided. Um, he certainly is the opposite of that for sure. Um, number two, Jameer Gibbs um, from Alabama. Man, um, there's so many good things you can say about him because uh, he he's, everything about his game is just smooth and and controlled and and everything. Um, you know, seems calculated. Like the patience he he shows to to allow his blocks to set up. Um, I was watching game earlier in the season. Uh, I think it was against Utah State, and you see him like, you know, in real time correct. You know, him missing a hole at the second or third level and kind of creating and and getting uh, to his spots, and then you know, like five plays later, he's doing exactly what he missed. So he's like a a very quick learner he's someone that kind of picks up the the pace of the game and i think over the course of the season you kind of saw him uh gain trust running behind that offensive line alabama because i think he was so used to having to bounce everything having to be so creative and uh force miss tackles at the line of scrimmage at georgia tech uh that he brought some of that early on with him to alabama but man he he arkansas game you know was was fantastic his ability his long speed um, you know, was, was uh, unquestioned his ability to, uh, you know, make the eyes miss at the second, third level and then get gone. Um, you know, it was just impressive. And then the receiving ability, um, just flawless, flawless with his hands, easy, uh, you know, kind of easy guy to to run a choice route with. Um, the yak ability he's able to create, uh, the slipperiness he plays with in open field too. Um, you know, I said earlier in the season, uh, he kind of reminds me like Alvin Kamara, the, the, not necessarily the, the player per se, but just kind of the style of run and, you know, how he kind of glides when he runs. It almost seems like it's, it's effortless with him. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed this game and what he was able to do. And it was a no brainer RB2 for me, uh, for him. I think he, everything's going to translate. He's, uh, going to be a highly softer, uh, probably top 40 pick and, uh, team's going to get a, a multi-purpose back that that can really do it all. 
Yeah, Gibbs is my is my uh, running back too as well. Again, these top two shouldn't be shocked to really anybody uh, who's paid attention to college football this year. But one thing that stands out about Gibbs, and this is again not a shock to anybody who's watched any Alabama football this year, but it feels like in this class he's the only running back the team is not afraid to feature in the passing game. You know, maybe maybe Deuce Vaughn, but like he he's kind of a gadget player as he is, just because of you know he's five five. You know, so. Um, but as a, a true kind of running back, it really feels like Gibbs is the only guy a team will split out, let him run some routes. They'll try to isolate like a, on a safety a linebacker on him in coverage. Evan Hull a little bit too, I guess, out of Northwestern. Um, but I, that that was lacking of the other top five guys that I watched. I felt like so um, even guys who were kind of natural receivers, like their their average depth of target is behind the line of scrimmage, you know, and, and most of their work is swings, checkdowns, and most of their work is, is after catch. Um, but Gibbs is a real threat through, through, uh, through the passing attack. And again, he's very well-rounded, very well-rounded outside of, I, I would say his, his play strength's pretty weak. He's a, he's not, a, he's not a very strong runner. Uh, he's not going to break tackles. <laughs> if, if a defender gets his hands on him, that's probably the end of the rep. But, uh, if, if that's what we're working at, then, you know, that's fine. Slipper in the open field, really good eyes, explosive, good long speed. So he checks every box except for that contact balance, uh, box. Uh, and that's that's more than more than good enough for me to put him at RB two. Yeah, RB one, uh, Bijan Robinson. I'm gonna let you talk about him, um, and and just describe why why he was a uh, your RB one, and uh, you know both of our RB ones, frankly. Yeah, uh, I mean <laughs> it's Bijan Robinson. Uh, that's a good place to start. Uh, when we talked, like when we were talking about a little bit about. Um, Zach Charbonnet, and I just felt like, yeah, but like, there's not really a trait that stands out. Like, everything feels ordinary to his game. Which be with Bijan, it's like, is there an ordinary trait to his game? <laughs> like, I, I think he's so incredibly high ceiling at every single one of his traits. So, contact balance again, the most forced missed tackles of any running back in, in college football this year. Change of uh, direction and footwork. Like, you can watch that guy stop on a diamond reverse field and, and take it all the way back across the other side of the field. Like. Uh, vision. Yeah. It's Bijan. Of course. Vision. Explosiveness. If he gets in the open field, good luck. Like every single box, this guy's checking. This guy's checking every single box. Um, yeah. So, so what isn't there to like about Bijan Robinson? Again, I'm not a huge R running back in the first round kind of guy, but if you find yourself at the back end of round one, like, and you're a competitor, like, why, why wouldn't you? Like, I did a mock draft the other day and, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals just had Samaji P. Ryan leave and Joe Mixon is a cut candidate because of his contract. Like if you're the Cincinnati Bengals sitting at pick 28, like, and Bijan Robinson's on the board, like, it's probably a, a pretty good pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so he's elite. He's the, I would say the only elite running back class, uh, definitely RV one and, uh, probably a top five player in the class out of a pure, out of pure, big board purposes, not taking positional value into anything, not a mock draft, top five player um, for me in this class. Yeah. Um, I really, I mean, I don't have much else to add. You just so, um, so lead everything. Um, really only need a couple games to just see how special he is. Really can turn on any game and, and see him, um, you know, just the footwork, the ability to make dudes miss in open field. Um, the explosiveness, uh, really, really everything you need. I was at his, his podium at the combine for about five or six minutes and man, he, he's, he's already a pro. Um, 
you know, just answers every question thoughtfully and, um, you know, really gave insightful answers, um, just everything that, that you would look for um, in a running back and, and won the build around. So we'll see how high he goes or or low or, or however you want to kind of take that. But uh, if there was a, a running back to, to take um, really anywhere in the top 15, 20 picks, I mean, he, he'll be the guy to do so. And, and just to recap kind of our list uh, before we move to our next section here, um, for me, number five is Zach Charbonnet. Number four um, was uh, Devin A. Chain. Um, at three was Roshan Johnson. At two, uh, Jameer Gibbs. And then one was uh, B. John Robinson. Uh, what was your list, Corey? Yeah, so for me, it was at uh, five was Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Four was Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Three, uh, Devon A. Chain out of Texas A&M. Two is uh, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. One is B. John Robinson. Uh, Devin, I have one other Bijan thought real fast, and it's absolute madness. But what if Ryan Poles is setting, set on getting best player available at pick nine? David Montgomery just signed with the Lions. They've got Khalil Herbert. That's that's kind of their running back right now. Like, what if if Ryan Poles is hell-bent on just taking best player available, he takes Bijan Robinson at ninth overall? It would be insane for sure. Um, I would just say they better nail every other pick after that, um, for <laughs> sure. Uh, if they're, they're going to do that, but, um, I mean, you add, you know, uh, a lead running back next to your, uh, developing quarterback in Justin Fields. I mean, it's going to make his job easier. Uh, I will say that, you know, it'll definitely take the, um, you know, a little bit of pressure off of him and, and, uh, imagine trying to defend, that team uh read option wise or or just in general. I mean so many uh fun things you could do in that backfield if if you got Bijan and, and Fields uh running around and uh creating havoc for uh NFC North division that uh, not exactly uh has a uh you know clear cut um you know winner. So it would certainly be interesting for sure. Yeah, man, that that would be nasty. Ultimately, I think they're probably a team that would be wise to go elsewhere with their resources. Uh, again, because I still think they're probably a year away from competing. So uh, you're going to get some elite defenders that are going to fall to that ninth overall slot. Uh, I've heard, you know, they like Tyree Wilson quite a bit. Tyree Wilson might fall to nine. So, uh, but the thought, the thought of, uh, of Ryan Polster saying, you know what, screw it, man. He's the best player on the board. I'm taking him uh, after losing after losing uh, David Montgomery, it, it, there's a little bit of appeal for me personally, you know, not as like a draft analyst to say like, oh yeah, that's something I would pound the table for, but like, oh, that, that, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, all right, Devin, we hit some running backs. Uh, let's wrap up the episode talking a little bit about, you know, outside of the running backs, you know, we've gone through all these other positional rankings. Uh, maybe, you know, as we've gone through these rankings, players that you haven't gotten to, uh, but now you've gotten to, and you're like, oh, this guy's good. I want to talk about this guy. Uh, who's a player that 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 kind of sticks out for you in that regard? Yeah, so he's been around for a couple of years. People really liked his tape last year. Uh, and obviously, he came back for another year and, and uh, you know, got hurt before he could finish out the year. That's Garrett Williams from Syracuse. Finally got around uh, to watching some of his 2022 tape. And, uh, man, he's he's very, uh, very instinctive corner, um, you know, someone that really challenges at the catch point. Um, I thought his matchup against uh, Charlie Jones against Purdue uh, was a fun matchup. Um, he didn't win every rep. There was a couple reps that uh, he did get beat, beat deep. Um, 
you know, and I think that was a little bit of him guessing on on some of the shorter routes he had been running uh, earlier in the game, and um, you know, him just confident in kind of in his long speed. Uh, he got to be a little bit, but um, I really like the the competitive he pl- competitiveness he's pl- he plays with at the catch point. Um, thought he did a really nice job, like flipping his hips and and coming downhill. I thought he was at his best, uh, especially in zone coverages. I know uh, he he made some really nice plays in in man coverage, um, but I really like what he what he did in in kind of uh, cover two and cover three looks, um, midpointing on uh, some some corner routes. Um, you know, really seeing the field and seeing some of the crossing routes coming uh, into his zone. Um, so I think, uh, you know, while I think he's has the build and has a foot speed and, and recovery speed to be a man corner. I really would like to see him uh, kind of in a zone system. Uh, he has some great ball skills, uh, instincts to to jump routes. Um, had to go back into 2021 a little bit because he really didn't play any high-profile teams in, in 22. He got hurt during the Notre Dame game uh, later in the season, didn't play in the Clemson game. Um, so I really only got to see him against Purdue and Virginia. Um, is some of his, his best teams. So uh, watching against Zay Flowers, some of that uh, getting beat deep uh, show up a little bit against Zay, the, against Zay Flowers, but the the physicality he plays with uh, at the catch point, um, and he made an incredible play. It was like down the left sideline. No, he was playing like, uh, I want to say it was cover four. Uh, he did a nice job uh, getting underneath uh, the deep route. Like you, you see his his arm fully extended, you know, um, and, and keeping contact with Zay Flowers. So uh, I think I think he's a good, to me, I gave him a third. I think that's that's about where I value him at, I think, with teams will, depending on how his uh, ACL recovery goes. But um, I think he's a really good player, solid player. And I think if he plays more, we might be talking about him uh, a little bit differently. But, but I really like this tape. Yeah, man, Garrett Williams is one of those guys, like, I watched when he was a freshman, and I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's good. Like, who's this? With the year they had, like, Trill Williams and Andre Sisko, like, he was the one flashing when I was trying to watch those Syracuse guys. Like, he was the one locking people down long, athletic, disrupted at the catch point, like, and then, you know, he's had injuries in back-to-back seasons. It's like, ah, man, I really want to like this guy, but he can't stay on the field. Um, and I haven't watched his his 2022 tape yet, um, but I just I remember being so tantalized by his his tape his his redshirt freshman year, um, and he just can't stay on the field since then. So, uh, but I'm excited to check that out. I'm gonna stay with a corner too, man. Um, again, when we went over our our top five corners, I hadn't watched this guy, um, and then I turned on his tape after he put up one of the best cornerback combines in NFL history, like. His RAS was a 999. His relative athletic score was a 999. Like, that's the 99th, the uh, as second best corner profile ever at the combine. And that's uh, Julius Brents out of Kansas State, man. So I went back and I watched his tape. And yeah, I think he can get a little anxious and antsy at the catch point. Uh, I think he get, uh, has struggled locating the ball down the field a little bit. At the top of routes and off, man, I think he gets a little panicky when, when receivers start to crowd a space and they get to the top of their routes. But man, like that guy's long, he's athletic, he's fluid for that size, like no issues flipping his hips, no issues triggering downhill, no issues clicking and closing. Uh, and his press tech, man, his feet are so clean and press tech, man. Uh, he leads with the feet, stays square, then throws his hands. It's just, it's like chef's kiss. Um, and so if I could go back, man, I'd have, I would have 
uh, Julius Brunson of CP5 in this class. Like if we were going back, I, he would be my fifth corner. And I think he, I, I wouldn't have any issues taking that guy in the first round. If you're sitting in the back end of the first round and you, you need a corner and Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Banks, Porter, those guys are off the board, then yeah, man, I'm taking Julius Brunson. He's, he's probably next on my board. Like, uh, yeah, man. that's how much I, I, I really appreciate his game. Yeah, he, he's good, man. I remember I, uh, you know, just went through a couple games to, to watch him get familiar with the senior bowl and, and man, that link shows up a lot. Um, you know, he did get beat a few times, uh, not being a recognized ball, uh, especially against Quinn Johnson, but, uh, in that, that big 12 championship game, he did some really nice things, uh, you know, keeping being physical, um, you know, really flipping his hips and, and, you know, finding the ball, especially in the red zone, got an interception in the end zone. So, um, that's a really fun tape, man. A senior bowl day one, he was was extraordinary uh in one on ones um outside of facing obviously Tank Dell. But uh he was pretty pretty damn good in one on ones on day one of the senior bowl too. So um, you know, it's not just a tape, he did it at the senior bowl, obviously tests off the charts uh in Mobile. So um really impressive. I'm gonna flip it on the other side of the coin. Uh someone that I still still gave me a little questions even after watching him and and really it's been like that uh most career is is uh is Dorian Thompson Robinson the the quarterback from UCLA um he is so difficult to like figure out because like there are games like the Washington game like where you know he's he's layering throws you know he's doing a nice job with his eyes you know delivering the ball on time and throwing with anticipation um, and obviously making those plays off script that uh, that we come to to love and know. Then you got games like Oregon and USC where the ball placement is inconsistent. The ball is a little behind sometimes. It's a little out in front. Um, you know, like he, he makes some really nice plays, escaping the pocket uh, and finds his man. But then he'll, he'll come back and throw uh, some questionable interceptions, you know, throw the ball late over the middle of the field, you know, into some tight windows. Um and and it, it it's just it's just been a it's really been that story for him the last couple of years. It's like a guy with the, the the talent that he has, you know, the the off script ability. Like I think he, he's he's probably getting dra- obviously getting drafted day three. I would take him on day three, uh, probably like fifth sixth round. And that team is gonna be enamored with the traits, man, because because he he has the running ability. He can he can escape pockets. Um, has a a decent arm, but for whatever reason, he leaves. He can leave it a little short um, on deep passes. He did that even at the combine when he was throwing. Um, and even on tape, you know, the, the ball is always a little behind. Um, so I, he's just a tough watch for me, man. Um, because, like, I, I like the player. You know, I like kind of the the competitive, competitiveness he plays with, the script ability he has and running ability. Um and even the accuracy improve year after year, but but there's still those times where he tries to make the hero play or he tries to do a little too much. And and you know, for a guy that's a fifth year senior, you want to see less of those plays. So for me, still a difficult evaluation. I like him, uh, but I don't like him before day three. And and I, I ultimately I think he he's probably um a career backup that that's is going to have to continue to fine tune this game. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to chart DTR a little bit. Um, you know, we're getting into quarterbacks now. Our last position we got to get to, and 
Uh, so I'm, I'm getting into him a little bit and I like the tools, man. I, you're right. All the tool stuff is nice, but inconsistent, kind of a gimmicky offense as well. So that doesn't translate super well for him, but he's a fun player. And I think his ability to extend races his forward to at least a career backup, I think at the next level, but, um, yeah. Uh, for, for my last one, man, I'm going to stick on the defensive side of the ball and I'm going to go at the linebacker position, man. I, I, uh, was watching these running backs obviously this week and, uh, I was watching a Banacanda, um, versus Tennessee. Uh, the pit, pit running back is really a Banacanda, uh, who I think is, a, is also a pretty good running back. And you're, if you want a two down guy who is can come in and be an electric kind of change of pace, really fast vertical guy, not going to do a lot in the passing game, but, but on the other side of the ball, Tennessee's defense, man, Jeremy Banks, the linebacker out of Tennessee is all over the field, all over the field. I think he's a really good athlete, really explosive athlete. What, what stinks is he's going to be 24 years old in September. So again, as, as these guys are still in these COVID years, like we're getting some older prospects, six foot two thirty two, So good frame on him too. Uh, I just think he's an instinctual player. Uh, not afraid to get downhill shows the ability to play some will, some overhang as well. Um, so I, I think Banks is going to be a special team or at least, and I think he's going to find some defensive snaps at some point in his career as well. So uh, Jeremy Banks came away pretty impressed with just out of peripherals watching a band of Canada be like, ah, man, this guy's good. So I went back and watched him. It's like, yeah, this, this, this guy's good. He's not like top five linebacker good. He's probably not top seven, eight linebacker good, but this is the day three guy that I think is going to land a roster spot. Yeah. He's uh someone I'm, I'm planning I'll get into before uh, I wrap up, um, you know, all the, all these positions, uh, I'm writing some, some positional previews up for the next couple of weeks. So I want to get to some more linebackers and he's on the list. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him. I saw a little bit of him over the summer and, and like what I saw the, the athlete wise and being all over the field, even last year. So I'm looking forward to, to watching him a little bit more closely this year. Um, and, and going back and checking out the tape. Um, I forgot to bring this up, but, but you mentioned some other running backs. Uh, were there any other running backs that, that, intrigued you for for you know either positive or negative reasons that obviously didn't make the top five but uh you feel like it's worth mentioning yeah so banacanda's one if you a change of pace two down guy you know if you're, you're your starter needs a little breather he's not going to do much in the passing game but but I, he's got really really nice explosiveness really nice vertical speed i think he's kind of stiff but um he reminds me of Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati last year. And Ford can do a little bit. He's a little denser too, can do a little bit more out of the backfield as a receiver, but just that linear reminds me a little bit of Ford. Uh, Wayne McBride was just outside my top five as well. So uh, I have him at six and, and, and Dwayne McBride's a physical dude, man. He might have the best contact balance in the class. Like he, he does not look fun to tackle. That guy does not look fun to, to try to wrap up. And... Uh, he's got some ball security issues, fumble five, five, fumble, five times this year some ball security issues he's got to work through um not much. i think he got two passes all season too so he's not really a receiving threat out of the backfield but uh i, I like his eyes i like his physicality he's he's pretty slippery too so he, he's got some nice nice fluidity in his hips he's not overly stiff so um mcbride's a guy that that was a surprise for me running back as well yeah for sure um i didn't get to mcbride um yet um for for the positional rankings uh but a couple guys i want to mention um kenny mcintosh from from georgia um i thought he was was pretty ordinary you know there wasn't really any we talked about like charbonnet not really having redeeming qualities i kind of feel the same way about mcintosh like uh he was on like on a really good team you know had some really nice production i think he's a a really good receiver uh out of the backfield 
Um, but I'm starting to feel like he might be <clears throat> one of those receiving back types more so than than uh, a full, full workload because uh, I thought his eyes were okay. Uh, there were times he, he missed some some backside cuts and um, not overly creative as a runner. <clears throat> you know, at the second and third level, he's pretty much a one cut and go type of player. Uh, those contact balance was okay. You know, there were times he just got tackled uh, in the open field and you thought you saw a little bit more juice from him. So to me, he just feels like kind of your your typical day three type of back where, um, you know, he, he, he does a lot of things well, but but nothing uh, extraordinary. So to me, he feels like more of a, a fourth, fifth round type of dude that, you know, Carves out a role, but I think ultimately he's probably more so a backup than than the full full load. Uh, another running back that I like uh, on day three <clears throat> later is Evan Hull from Northwestern. Um, it's pretty much Northwestern's entire offense this past year. Um, you know, did did a lot uh, in both the receiving and, and running game. Um, I really like his his contact balance ability to to make people miss in the open field. Um, doesn't have the the greatest long speed, but but can. Uh, accelerate through the hole, um, and, and just a really tough runner. Uh, someone that that you're gonna need two, three people to bring down, um, and, and just did some really nice things. Even in uh, you know, showing some signs of pass protection wasn't perfect in that, uh, but able to locate the the blitzers, um, and then the receiving ability. They uh, did a little bit of everything with the backfield Texas routes, choice routes, um, throwing screens, and he was able to break off some some big some big plays. So I think he's, he's another guy. It's probably going to be a rotational guy at the NFL level, but uh, I really like his ability to um, do a little bit of both. And I think he'll carve out a nice career as well. Nice. Yeah. Hole's a guy I'm really looking forward to get to getting to. He just seems like a solid third down back, man, a solid third down back. So uh, again, the, the, it seems like every year there's like 17 running back to watch. And there's just no way to get to them all for a podcast episode. Uh, I think I got to seven or eight of them and I made sure to hit the top guys, but there's just so many names. I have like Deuce Vaughn, Kendra Miller, Keaton Mitchell, like McIntosh. All of these guys I still have to get to. So we'll, we'll, that's that's going to be fun to to keep watching these guys. But uh, Devin, I think that's, that's a pretty good episode, man. We hit on a lot of running backs, hit on some other prospects. Uh, again, as we get deeper into this thing, you know, uh, we're, we're probably going to have a, another post com or a post, yeah, post combine agency mock draft uh, again, like we did a few episodes ago. Uh, we're going to try to do the best to, to break down the top 10 teams, having people who cover the team come on and kind of talk to us what, you know, what pulse of the agency is, kind of prospects on their board, what they would do, kind of how if the board fell this way, what would they do? So I think those are going to be some pretty fun episodes in the future as well. But again, we're, we're about five weeks out from this thing. So uh, we are, we are closing that gap pretty quickly. Uh, Devin, you got anything else for us? No, nah, man, I'm just, just excited to get near the finish line. Uh, you know, getting, getting through most of these prospects, uh, rewatching some and, and, and checking back on some of the tape with these guys. So, um, you know, it's a fun process, you know, like Bergeron, Matthew Bergeron was another guy that, I went back and watched and, and really liked this tape um, the second time around. So, um, you know, really excited to to, to dive into uh, some of the rest of these names, maybe check back on some others that uh, I wanted to go back and take a closer look at um, and, and, you know, check back after some athletic testing and pro day testing um, in, in some workouts. So um, it's just really all part of the process, man. So just trying to get to the finish line at this point, but um 
you know, great to to knock out running backs, just have quarterbacks left for our positional ranking. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll probably be hitting that up next week to, to close it out. Uh, but yeah, until next time, uh, follow me on Twitter, Real D underscore Jackson. Uh, follow Corey on Twitter at Real Corey Kinnon. Uh, make sure to uh, leave us a review uh, for our podcast, um, whatever streaming or um, audio platform you're listening to. And we'll um, answer those questions here on the podcast and make sure to check out uh, homage as well on the Substack page. Uh, but until next time, this is the Daphne Drive Podcast.